The Deeper Dig is sponsored by Casella. Let's recycle better together. Be sure to empty and clean recyclables. When in doubt, throw it out. Americans toss far too many non-recyclable items in their recycling bins. It adds up and hurts recycling programs. Learn what belongs in your blue bin at casella.com slash recycle better. Let's recycle better together. From VT Digger, I'm Riley Robinson. This is The Deeper Dig. I think we're leaving literature behind, is that right? Mm-hmm. Right? So, so probably three, probably one out of four, one out of five doors, someone will be home. It's a beautiful sunny day, it's been raining for a number of days, people might be out. So a lot of what you'll be doing is like just... It was a Sunday morning at the point in the fall when the foliage is just about half green. I tiptoed through a front door to where roughly a dozen volunteers had gathered in a living room in Craftsbury. They were Democrats of all different ages. Some had never volunteered for a campaign before, and some of them currently serve in elected office themselves. They were all getting tips on how to knock on doors and talk to voters. Leave literature behind. Do not leave it in or around the mailbox. Mailboxes are federal property, technically, and doing anything with them if you're not a postal worker is against the law. Mm -hmm. Don't go inside the house. Don't lose sight of your door knocking buddy. Ask the name of the person who comes to the door. Practice in the car on the way. It always helps, especially that opening line. It's the, it either sets you off These volunteers were door knocking in support of Catherine Sims, a Democratic state representative who's running for re-election. And just before the volunteers headed out in pairs, they were left with one last reminder. In a local race like this, that one voter at the end of the long, long driveway might be the person that determines the winner. And that is not a unique story in Vermont elections. This is Taylor Small, a progressive Democrat representative in the Vermont House. I mean, we saw it through the primaries. There were folks who lost by just four votes. And you're just kicking yourself at the end saying, I could have done more. So anyone who's like, does my vote matter? Absolutely, especially when you go down ballot, it does matter. This is a unique race. Two incumbents in the Vermont House are running against each other for a single seat. Sims, a Democrat, and Republican Vicki Strong. This happened because of redistricting. Every 10 years, lawmakers draw new political maps to balance out shifts in the population. For the past two years, Sims and Strong have served alongside each other in a multi-member district. The two of them, together, represented seven towns in the Northeast Kingdom. Albany, Barton, Craftsbury, Greensboro, Glover, Sheffield, and Wheelock. When the legislature approved new maps this year, that district was trimmed to just four towns, Albany, Craftsbury, Greensboro, and Glover. So I was wondering if you are describing your district and your community to people maybe from other parts of the state, how would you describe it? Oh, man. A little piece of heaven, bucolic. Um, Albany, Craftsbury, Greensboro, and Glover. It's almost like stepping back in time. This is Vicki Strong, the Republican candidate. She served in the legislature since 2011. Um, you know, I, I guess I have to say that, um, you know, I'm not running against Vicki. I'm, I'm running for the seat. We just both happen to be running for it and, you know, try to stay focused on who I am. And this is Catherine Sims, the Democratic candidate. She's just finishing her first two-year term in office. I mean, I'm running because I love this place. <laughs> um, the kingdom is so special. We work hard. We get outside. We raise resilient children. We, you know, come together and do big things. Um, and yet, often it feels like um, the opportunities and challenges that we face are ignored or not understood. 
three towns, Barton, Sheffield, and Wheelock, were regrouped into other districts. So now Sims and Strong are running head-to-head, and only one can win. Sims voted yes on the new maps, alongside the vast majority of her colleagues. I think what we heard from um, the local boards of civil authorities, which really weighed in on the new maps, was that the previous district um, didn't make sense on the ground, that the seven towns um, that were included um, had a big mountain in the middle, and that Sheffield and Wheelock were in a different county, in a different school district, um, different Senate district, and that they didn't feel kind of a part of the, um, you know, with in community with the other towns. And so the redistricting gave us an opportunity to um, draw um, a district that better responded to the um, local geography and existing boundaries. Um, and, you know, I, for me, what was most important was coming up with a map that made sense for the communities. Yeah, it was awkward um, that it kind of put two incumbents in the district, but, um, you know, the adage, uh, Voters should choose their politicians. Politicians shouldn't choose their voters has always really resonated with me. And so, you know, wanted to stay focused on what made the most sense for these communities in that process. Republicans turned attention on this district recently and said it could put Strong in a tough spot. In late September, the Vermont Republican Party chair, Paul Dame, called this district, quote, one of the worst cases of gerrymandering in the state. I called him to ask why. You said the way that the the district was cut gives Sims an advantage. Can you tell me how you see that division giving Sims an advantage in this race? Uh, Yeah, because we we see, you know, we think that the district that uh, Mickey is a part of, um, uh, you know, has uh, tended to, uh, to be more favorable towards Democratic candidates than the district as a whole. Um, you, you know, there's a couple different ways that the that, that area, uh, you know, the map could have been cut. It's very possible that, uh, you know, we could have cut a map that would have uh, allowed both of the incumbents to serve in their own uh, single member districts. With this district up in Orleans, they had, the Democrats had uh, an advantage by pitting uh, the two incumbents against each other in, uh, in a district that, you know, we think is a little bit more liberal than the district as a whole. Just so I understand, do you see it as the remaining four towns, Crassbury, Albany, Glover, and Greensboro, have more of a liberal or Democrat leaning than with Barton, Sheffield, and Wheelock? Yes. But Dame also made a lot of noise this legislative session advocating for single-member districts, meaning maps where every district is represented by just one person in the House. And in this district, he got that. These maps passed out of committee on a unanimous, bipartisan vote. And the Republican Party has not filed a lawsuit challenging the fairness of these maps in court, which is something they could have done. I, I had hoped that it would be um, stay a two-member district because I believe um, both myself and the other seatmate are a good team and could be pretty dynamic together. So I didn't want to see us split up per se, and have to run against each other. Strong voted against the maps this spring. I don't know. I don't ever want to sound like sour grapes because <laughs> I don't think that reflects well on my towns and my constituents. Um, as far as gerrymandering goes, 
you can look at look at the dynamics of towns and say they're they're more liberal leaning but I have a lot of folks in all those towns so I know know me and trust me I hope they'll look at my 12 years representing them and say you know Vicki's been faithful she answers my emails she cares she's not like a political activist she's really there to, to represent me in Montpelier I hope they'll look at that and and uh, vote for me <laughs> The Vermont Democratic Party has been taking this race seriously since the spring. Democrats want to solidify a veto-proof supermajority in the House, and any competitive seat could be the one that gives them an edge. This is also turning into one of the most expensive House races this cycle. According to the most recent campaign finance paperwork, Sims' campaign had raised nearly $29,000 by October 15th. Strong had raised nearly $17,000. As I drove into Crassbury along Route 14, it seemed like almost every driveway had a campaign lawn sign. And it seemed like every other house supported every other candidate. Sims, strong. Sims, strong. Both candidates told me this race is more intense than any campaign they've mounted before. When I met with Strong a couple weeks ago, she said she had woken up with a start before dawn, worried about the campaign. My um, campaign is is very different, more intense, hard work. <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying it because it is getting me out. I, I'm a very much a homebody in the sense of I can tomatoes and have a little garden and can applesauce, make jam and jelly. You know, it's kind of like I can be happy at home but I'm making myself get out and knock on some doors and get yard signs out and attend things when I can. Sims was first elected in 2020, during the pandemic. This year is really different, and she's been doing a lot of door knocking. How many, how often do you go door knocking or have you been door knocking in this election season? Yeah, so I've been uh, ramping up, started with, you know, one one day a week and now trying to do three or four. uh, days a week uh, for, you know, three or four hours. So one Sunday morning, I tagged along as Sims and that group of volunteers went door to door. The first house we stopped at, we drove up the driveway as a guy drove back down the other way in a tractor. He said we looked a little lost. Hey! We're out door knocking. Sims explained that she was out talking to voters and she was looking for his wife, Tamara. Well, if you knock on the door, the dogs will go crazy and that's our doorbell. I, I, you are not alone in this distress (laughs) with the door knocking Uh, dogs. They will try and kiss you. Okay. 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 We're not afraid. I'll be back in a All right. Thanks. They have what breath? Uh, sheep poop. Oh, lovely. When we got up to the door, we were met by three large golden retrievers. One of them had recently gotten sprayed pretty badly by a skunk. Peter, the guy driving the tractor, walked back to the porch a few minutes later. Is there anything else that um, you think we're doing really well or you want us to pay more attention to in the coming session? Yes. Um, I read a lot of the, the, the proposed, well, still in the discussion phase about uh, gas taxes and you know, uh, trying to get more people to drive fuel-efficient vehicles and winterize their homes and stuff like that. 
that works really well in the big voting block of Burlington and Middlebury and stuff like that. But when you're out here and you live in a dirt road and you can afford one vehicle, it's got to be a big truck that can get you through mud season. And nobody's talking about that. You know, it's, it is in a rural state to have things so slanted towards urban. It bothers me. Peter said at one point he'd been a longtime Republican, but he's watched the party change. And among other things, he said he was upset by how Vicki Strong and some other Republicans had responded to COVID. Uh, and that it, it just kind of goes along with the whole the direction the GOP is going, which, like I said, I was a Republican for a long time when I was in the military uh, until the party left me. But the district is also home to plenty of voters who remain conservative and support the Republican Party. Let's see. Can you hear me? Why? Can you hear Cindy me? Corkins has known Vicki Strong for 30 plus years. They met at church where Vicki's husband is the pastor. Cindy has helped out on several of Vicki's campaigns, including this one. A few weeks ago, Cindy dressed up in a cow costume to walk alongside Vicki's float in a local parade. She's all in for this race. What? What do you like about her? What makes you want to support her as a candidate? She has been, since she lost her son um, in the war, she has been a strong supporter of veterans. And my partner now is a veteran. And so I'm, I think she's done a fabulous job in supporting them and She's a gold star mom and just her outreach in the community. Cindy said she thought Vicki was great at constituent services, answering people's questions and connecting them with services. And she's also a Christian and she has Christian values that I, I certainly appreciate and, and support. For you as a voter, is there like, what do you think is most important that the legislature should be working on next year? I'd like them to look at taxation and how, if there can be anything done to um, reduce taxes. We're so heavily burdened with that and people are struggling right now with being able to pay for their food. I mean, we're going into a recession and we're not, the cost of living is not meeting the needs of the people that are working. I don't think we need to raise um, the minimum wage, but we have to find some balance that can help Vermonters sustain and remain living in this beautiful state. And then there's also people like Will Marlier, a 23-year-old recent grad who signed up to door knock for Sims. Have you volunteered with political campaigns before? I have not. It's my first time. Will grew up in the kingdom and went away to college in Philadelphia. He said that was a wake-up call for him. It didn't take me too long to start getting homesick and realize that um, you know these downtown metropolitan centers are kind of symptomatic of the larger issues that our planet is facing. Um, and so that's why conservation is really important to me. And yeah. what made you want to get involved? Um, well, I think that I've always been interested in politics and I'm trying to focus more on what I can do for my local community. And so having someone that is basically my neighbor, um, 
running for office seemed like a great way to meet people that are interested in the same things. Mm -hmm. What Were there certain issues that popped up for folks that you talked to? There were, and the one that came up the most often was probably um, climate change and the environment. And then a couple of outliers were some people had concerns about water quality, um, voting integrity, and a uh, woman's right to choose over um, reproductive health. He also named Prop 5 and reproductive rights as one of the top issues for him in this election. Would you go door knocking again? Um... Maybe. <laughs> if if someone dragged me into it, probably. Um, Were you dragged today? <laughs> no, I dragged myself into okay. it, I guess. Okay. When I talk to both candidates about this race, I ask them what they see as the biggest issue in this election and what they're hearing is most important to voters. Catherine Sims said she's hearing from a lot of voters that reproductive rights and abortion access are really important to them right now. She sees it as one of the major issues this election not just at the national level, but also in down-ballot races like hers. And it came up multiple times with voters when she was out door-knocking. Are there issues that feel kind of top of mind as you think about the election coming up? Oh, yes. Um, Article 22, is that right? Article 22 is on the forefront. And I've um, it's never really been an issue that I have had to care much about because it's passed without much... Trouble. Although if you look carefully, I started realizing that the vote was kind of close in some places. This is also one issue where Sims and Strong might have the most distinctly different positions. You know, I, I believe strongly that every person should have the right to make their own decisions about their own reproductive health. Um, you know, I think those are deeply personal choices that should never require the permission of a politician. And so when people cast their ballot... Um, cast their vote here in November, they'll have an opportunity in a local race to, to vote their values. Vicki Strong voted against Proposal 5, the constitutional amendment, when it came before the House in both 2020 and 2022. In the past couple years, Strong has also been the lead sponsor on bills that would put restrictions on abortion. One of her bills sought to establish fetal personhood at 24 weeks. Another bill would have required healthcare providers to do an ultrasound on a patient 24 hours before an abortion and they'd have to offer to show the patient the ultrasound and any fetal heartbeat. I think my whole 12 years being there has been to protect and preserve freedom. And, and some people say, oh, well, what about you know abortion? What about that freedom? Well, I, I do think we have to have freedom based on facts, based on informed choices, etc. So I don't see my love of freedom as infringing the abortion issue because it's already legal already legal 100% in Vermont. Strong objected to testing, masking, and vaccine requirements in the State House last year, arguing they were an infringement on privacy and personal freedoms. She was the lead sponsor on a bill that sought to ban vaccine or testing requirements in virtually any public or private setting. That bill was named An Act Relating to Bodily Autonomy and Healthcare Decision-Making. I asked her how she squares her view on medical freedom around COVID restrictions with her views on abortion. Well, thanks for that question, because that has been confusing to some folks. Um, I square that with the idea that we have to figure out when when an unborn child is is at the stage of viability, and that's getting younger and younger, according to science and technology. And that child is enough a different body. It's not the woman's body. I believe the sovereignty of our body is to make our own medical choices, uh, whatever treatment or... Um, options are available, 
based on our needs and our our bodies. So the state should not be infringing on that. But with abortion, you're talking about a separate body, another human being. So that's a different type of level of health care freedom. What about the health care freedom of that unborn child? Strong said abortion hasn't been coming up all that often in her conversations with voters. And she's prioritizing different issues in this race. I believe it's affordability. I, I'm just constantly hearing that people feel like they aren't being heard in in Montpelier, that the whole issue of everything from uh, our fiscal situation in the state, the taxes uh, my constituents pay, uh, they just are really stretched. We're making steps, we made steps in the state house to provide better economic development, but the real reforms that need to happen to help really grow just are so slow. Sims is also prioritizing economic growth in her campaign, but she comes at it from a different angle. So often I hear from folks, right, about how they're struggling. It feels like it's harder and harder to take care of basic needs. She wants to see greater investment in rural infrastructure like broadband, roads, and sewers. And she wants to prioritize Act 250 reforms to promote economic growth and create more housing. We have really important Act 250 regulations to support and protect our environment and keeping Vermont what is so special about Vermont. And yet the permitting and regulatory challenges and how they play out in our rural communities are really different than um, downtown and the you know, size and scale of developers and um, investors and small business are really different. And um, I think there are times when folks feel really overburdened and that the, some of our Act 250 regulations really inhibit the necessary and important economic development that we want to have in our communities in a way that's smart and sustainable. Sims emphasized that rural places function differently than denser areas and have different challenges. She's also concerned about the need for first responders and dispatchers in rural areas. Uh, you know, our high-poverty rural communities just aren't, um, you know, necessarily able to find as many volunteers and raise the same amount of money, and that leaves many of our communities with um, uh, struggling to have enough uh, folks who can come to your aid when you need it. Northeast Kingdom is generally seen as a more conservative area in a very blue state. And when I talked to Paul Dame, the state GOP chair, I asked him if he anticipates any broader changes in the politics of this area, especially given the demographic changes like a shrinking population and the rise in remote work. Dame said he expects the area to remain a conservative stronghold. Most of the time people move out into the kingdom because they kind of want to be left alone. Uh, they, they want a little more space. Uh, they want to keep to themselves. And, and the, the people who, who value those kinds of things tend to, to lean more conservative. They you know, want government also to kind of leave them alone, uh, want, want, their, uh, want their space. Uh, they, they want uh, an affordable uh, lifestyle, right? The housing is more affordable out there. Um, and, and so those ideas of affordability um, and sort of... Uh, non-interventionist government, I think, are still going to be Republican-inclined. But nobody I talked to for this story had any confident predictions about how this race would shake out. For at least the past 10 years, this district has been represented by one rep from each party. 
There's also not much political polling in Vermont generally, and especially not at this granular level. So we'll only really know what voters want when polls close November 8th. For more information on local and statewide races, go to vtdigger.org slash elections. Our 2022 election guide has a whole lot of info all in one place. You can see how to vote, who's on your ballot, and survey responses from candidates on specific policy questions. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. You can subscribe to the podcast to get a heads up on new episodes. This episode also used music by Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.